Police, open up! Police. Please, my mother! Shut up! Oh, I said stop! Oh, you're in big trouble, son. Burglary, grand larceny, possession of stolen goods, and, and murder! Murder! Shut Keep them spread. You just make love to that wall, pervert. I think you have me confused with somebody else. What's your name, Ray? Jeff. Yeah, you're the fuck I'm looking for! Here, you cop. Yeah, I'm a cop. I'm a good cop. I'm a damn good cop! <laughs> Today's your lucky day, Junior. Because I'm going to let you off with just a warning. <laughs> Any more of this criminal activity and you'll be sorry. You got me? Got you. I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. Good, good. Let's uh, keep it that way. Well, I don't want to be a secondary character. Maybe I will put it out in your face. Oh, well, I'll just throw your manuscript in the bin then. Okay. In the cleaner's thingy. In the cleaner's bin, yeah, whatever you call it. That's right. Hey, there's no smoking in here. You can't smoke. I love Rava, who we'll talk about uh, on this week's episode. Yeah, it sounds like you do. That's right. <laughs> Welcome to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, a Seinfeld podcast about the secondary characters of the show, where each week we take an episode and dissect the secondary characters and basically make up a bunch of stuff about them uh, to expand on who they are. Yeah, and we also talk a bit about the actors and actresses who portray the characters as well. That's right. Yes, and this is the season finale for season three, so we're going to have a bit of a break for a couple of weeks, but there'll be a couple of clip show compilations that we put together at the end of each season to tide you over until we come back so uh be sure to subscribe and you'll get those clip shows and uh you'll be able to listen to some previous episodes that you may have missed highlight reel yeah yep and uh we will be back for season four bigger and better than ever yeah with a couple uh, of nice little announcements that's right in uh, early Early june June. first week of june we'll be back june three or four i believe so yes something like that we'll be back yeah and in the meantime if you have any uh, uh episodes you want us to do uh or anything else you want to talk about for season three or season four Get in touch with us. We have an email address, bibblebaskpodcast at gmail.com and a website, bibblebask.com. And we're on socials at B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C, Facebook, which is slowly dying, Twitter, (laughs) thanks Zuckerberg, Uh, Twitter and Instagram. We're not on Snapchat though. No. We're too old for Snapchat. No. I have kids. a Snapchat account, but I never use it. Yeah, I think it's all the young kids yeah. use it. Yeah. yeah. It's not my thing. I no. tried Snapchat a few times, but no, I just like, can't. It's like 10 seconds of what? Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't. It's like Vines. I just, mm. you know, when they used to be around, I'm like, oh, six second videos. I'm like, well. Yeah. <laughs> At least out of Vine, there was some good, like, video. You know, some people were really funny on Vine. And you can go to YouTube and still watch, like, good Vine compilations. Best Vine. Best of yeah. Vine. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Snapchat, I'm like, eh, just doesn't, doesn't do it for me. No, not my kind. I guess it's representative of how information consumed these days in small you know digestible bites yeah that's it that's right and uh we're also on uh stitcher spotify apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast we are there yeah be sure to subscribe please that's right and if uh you want to leave us a review and be kind to us that would be tremendous would be amazing now steven let's do the final seinfeld news for the season how's that sound sounds good (laughs) 
so to wrap up this season of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, we've only got one news article. So oh, well, no, no, not yet. We're not wrapping the whole thing up yet. I just said like, this season of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. But we got the plot synopsis coming up. We've got the secondary characters we're talking about. We're not wrapping it up now. Well... Is that what you meant? No. In terms of, <laughs> Sein- in terms of Seinfeld news. Right. Seinfeld news. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I was like, what? Yeah, that's it. End podcast. Yep. To wrap it up, (laughs) we're wrapping it up. Yeah, goodbye. Bye. (laughs) No, no. Stay, stay. Stay. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Uh, So a cool little article came out, uh, NorthJersey.com, which is sort of a news and culture website for North Jersey, funnily enough. They released an article called Comedians of Cars Getting Coffee Stays Running Thanks to Montclair's Melissa Miller. So it was a bit of a profile piece on Melissa Miller, who is an associate producent, producer, producent, producent, uh, producent. Yes. Uh, she's a, she's an associate producer on comedians in cars getting coffee. And there's a three or four minute video, and we'll link it in the show notes, uh, where she talks about what it's like to work with Jerry. Uh, their shared family lives, the difficulty of getting the show started with streaming services. So apparently they went to a lot of different streaming services before they went to what was the one that comedians first came out on? Oh, Crackle. Crackle. Yeah, yeah. they went to Netflix. They went to uh, Hulu. Yeah, they no went one to one of them. Amazon. They yeah. went to all of them, and yeah. uh, everyone thought, "Nah, this is not a good format. It's not marketable." And uh, Crackle finally said yes. Yeah. Became a success. And now they're with Netflix. So, yeah. Full circle. Good work. Yeah. Um, and also, she talks about some things that go wrong with the show. Um, and she does mention, uh, and this is sort of the first official that I know of, um, uh, mention of when uh, Jerry's further Netflix projects will be coming out. So, I think last year when we did Jerry Before Seinfeld, we've done a review of that back in season three. I think we speculated that the second Seinfeld special would come out this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it kind of makes sense. Uh, but apparently that and also the next season of Comedians Cars Getting Coffee aren't coming out until next year, which is, oh, uh, yeah, which is disappointing. But um, yeah, I mean, I'll, you know, I'll take her word for it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. And that's the last uh, Seinfeld news for the season. Fantastic, Stephen. Very good article to finish off. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you reckon? Should we just jump straight into the plot for the statue? Season yeah. 2, episode 6? Let's do it. Yeah. Sounds... Oh, yeah, episode 6, yes. Yep. Uh, first aired in the US, April 11, 1991. Directed by Tom Sharones, written by Larry Charles. So not David. <laughs> Jerry inherits some old possessions of his grandfather named Irving. Among them is a statue that looks just like one George's family had until George broke it. Jerry promises that George can have it, but leaves it in his apartment for a few days, you know, because Kramer and George have that... What's it called? Oh, yeah, the... Any money, money, mo? It's not any money, any money, mo. Though it's it's something different. It's, but something it's the different. same idea. Yeah, and then George is like, "But I thought I was it." Yeah. And then Jerry's like, "You owe me for this one." Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like it's always. But it. when I was growing up, it was the the good thing. Like it meant you win. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean you're out. No, but I think in in, in America, their universe, maybe. maybe I think in their universe, it means you're out. Okay. So he's like, "Oh, you owe me one." <laughs> what did it mean for you? If uh, I thought it meant. Um, you got it. Yeah. It was good. Like last week, Ivan, I'm talking to the audience, not you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If, uh, yeah, what did what did it mean for you being the listener? Yeah. Did it mean you're out or did it mean you win? I don't know. But according to Jerry, it yeah. means you didn't get the statue. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe it's like Monopoly. You know how every country has their own rules? Like in Australia, we do free parking. Yeah. Where if you get a, a community chess card... Or a, um, a chance card, if you have to pay money, it goes into the middle. And then if you land on free parking, you get all that cash. Yeah. But that's sort of that's not an official rule. Mm, I, I, think, I think there's different variances in different parts of the world. 
Yeah, yeah. who knows? Anyway. Anyway, so uh, Kramer uh, takes a few of Irving's old clothes, including a hat which he believes make him look like Joe Friday from Dragnet, an old <laughs> cop show. Uh, Elaine persuades Jerry to have his apartment cleaned by her client Rava, played by... Uh, sorry, Rava's uh, boyfriend. Uh, Rava's played by Nurich Koppel. The boyfriend's name's Ray, played by Michael D. Conway. Jerry's very impressed by the quality of the cleaning, but when he and Elaine visit Riva, or Rava, Jerry notices a statue with a vivid similarity to to the one he inherited. And he he believes, windexed the people. Yes, and he believes Ray stole it. And uh, Kramer checks the apartment for the statue of Jerry's apartment. When he can't find it, Jerry's suspicion is confirmed. Uh, Jerry, Elaine, and George and Kramer discuss the situation. Kramer urges Jerry to do something about it. Elaine argues that Rava will no longer let her edit her book if Jerry does this, because Elaine was still starting out at Pendant Publishing at this yeah. time. So she wanted to really, really make a name for herself. She, got, you know? she gave up a big opportunity. Yes. So Jerry calls Ray and has lunch with him. George sits in the next booth and eavesdrops on the conversation. Probably my favourite scene in the episode. Yeah. It's like, who? You, I love when when George says, you're a wuss. And then mm. Jerry like turns to him and goes, who are you calling a wuss? And then Ray's like, what are you saying? And Jerry's like, oh, nothing. Yeah. And he's like, oh, it's a loss. Yeah, it's a, a loss. big loss. It'd be a big loss. <laughs> And I love when George just cracks and he just gets yeah. up and goes, that's it. You stole the statue. I can imagine the conversation that him and Jerry would have had, you know, just sit there, be cool. Yeah. Listen, don't, you know, don't, 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 uh, you know, don't arc up, don't pipe up. Yeah. And he just, he just loses it so quickly. <laughs> it's great. Yes. And uh, when George accuses him of stealing the statue, Ray gets offended and leaves when he hears their opinion. Elaine and Rava get into an argument about Jerry's accusation and Elaine is no longer allowed to edit Rava's book and she dumps <laughs> the book in the uh, cleaner's bin. Uh, without notifying anybody, Kramer dresses up in Irving's old clothes and goes to Ray's apartment pretending to be a cop and recovers the statue despite Ray's protests. Kramer returns the statue to a grateful George, but while George is holding the statue, Kramer gives him a friendly pat on the back, causing George to drop the statue, which breaks when it hits the floor. Ah, such a frustrating end. Yes, and uh, the episode ends without ever revealing whether or not Ray had in fact stolen the statue from Jerry's apartment. He so did. He, he did, had yeah. to, because Kramer went into the apartment, like yeah. Jerry's, and he couldn't find it, so let's, put two and two together. Let's explore that when we talk about Ray in a bit. Yeah, we sure will. I've got quite a bit of trivia about this episode. So do I. Yeah. What do you reckon? You want to go first? Yeah, sure. So, uh, Charles, Larry Charles, one of the writers for the episode, he, uh, this was sort of the first time that they really um, gave Kramer some character development. Mm, yes. So, that was something he wanted to work on because Kramer at this point, you know, this is uh, the sixth episode of season two. So, we're literally, what, 11, 12 episodes in? Yeah, basically. In- yep. Including season one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Kramer t- at this point isn't fully Kramer yet. I think he's fully Kramer sort of at the end of this season is when he f- truly becomes the Kramer that we know and love. Yes. Um, you know, but this episode goes a long way to, to developing his character where he just does wacky stuff like pretending to be a detective, you know, and accusing him of murder just to steal back a statue. Yeah, like, exactly. Like that's classic Kramer. Yeah, a great scene too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and apparently Michael Richards, he was really impressed with the development of his character in this episode. Yeah. And uh, he encouraged Larry Charles to continue exploring the character further after yeah. filming. And... Uh, uh, Larry Charles went on the record to say that he cites this episode and The Revenge, where uh, Kramer puts concrete in the washing machine, yep. uh, as ones which define Kramer early on in the series. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm. where he just goes sort of like way too far just yeah. to prove a point yeah, or to, yeah, yeah. To, to redress something. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's why we love him. That's why we love him. Because he just gets him. these like yep. ridiculous ideas and just dives in without any thought of consequence yes so good <laughs> and um this is the first time where the coffee shop is called monks that's right the first episode yeah, yeah. when he when Here he calls go. ray mm. and or when ray calls him mm-hmm. when they're on the phone 
He says, uh, yeah, that coffee shop man place. Yeah, monks. monks. Like he mentions it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and in an early draft of the script, uh, Elaine sat next to George when they were eavesdropping ah, on Jerry. Nice. Yeah, but for some reason, she was written out of that scene. I, I don't know I, why. I think George being alone was better. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, it would have been a totally different dynamic if she got up or she tried to like keep George down or something. Yeah, yeah I think fact, it was a good idea. Yeah, because mm. the confrontation between him and Ray is pretty funny as well. Yeah. yeah. You know, because George is sort of like giving him shit and yelling at him and then Ray stands up. Yeah. And um, yeah, and then he sort of, you know, the intimidation flips on George. Yes. Uh, a guy called Norman Brenner. You probably never heard of him, Stephen, but uh, you probably have. He was Michael Richards' stand-in for the entire run of the show. Okay. So, you know, he, he'd stand in before the scenes were shot. Right. Yeah, you, know, you know what a stand-in is. Yeah. Yeah, you've seen that episode of Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> where Kramer ironically becomes a stand-in. Yeah. Uh, Norman Brenner, his name is, he did uh, Michael Richards' uh, stand-in. Mm-hmm. Uh, he appears as an extra at Monks in the scene where Jerry, George and Ray argue about the statue. Huh. So he's in the background, yeah. I don't know what he looks like. Well, I didn't know, pick which one he was, but okay. yeah, he's there, apparently. Right. Yeah. Uh, Jane Leaves, who actually, uh, she is Daphne on Frasier. Marla the Virgin. And she's well. Marla the Virgin. Yes. She actually auditioned for the role of Rather, who we'll talk about in a bit. Yes. And uh, she, yeah, she wasn't uh, cast in this episode, but she obviously made enough of an impression that they recast her as, um, well, not recast her, but cast her as, uh, as Marla well. in the Virgin. She would have been a great Rather, I reckon. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she would have been good. Yeah, and we yeah. did the Virgin uh, a few weeks Another ago. Another contest. The contest. For our 50th episode. That's right. Yeah, we haven't yeah. done the Virgin. That's yeah, right. Not yet. Yep. Now, we haven't broken that virginity yet. No, we haven't no. popped that cherry. And uh, that song that George... Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, the song George says that he sung when he was pretending that the statue was a microphone is called MacArthur Park. Uh, MacArthur Park was written and composed by Jimmy Webb and was released as a single in 1968 by Richard Harris. Uh, it's considered by many critics to be one of the worst songs ever made. Okay. I heard the song. I, wa- I listened to it on YouTube. It's like an eight-minute number. Right. And, look, it wasn't as bad as I thought. Like, some of the lyrics are a bit stupid. Okay. It's just like, it's talking about rainy days and food and, like, some of the lyrics are a bit odd. But right. the, the, the composition isn't too bad. But apparently it's one of the worst songs ever made, according to critics. Uh, in 1992, readers of the Miami Herald voted it in as the worst song ever in terms of its lyrics and its overall composition. Okay. Yes. I, I can think of way worse songs. Yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't too bad. I listened to it. It wasn't anything special, but, you know, okay. it was all right. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't mind it. And it was famously covered by Donna Summer, the disco singer, in 1978, and went number one for three weeks on the Billboard charts in the US for that year. And she also earned her first Grammy nomination for Best Female Pop Vocal Performance. There you go. Song. And I, I listened to the Donna Summer version. Sounds much better. Yeah. It's disco. It's like... But, but, it's like it's very, like, quiet. Like, just... MacArthur Park's like a very... Like laid back kind of song It's very mm-hmm. relaxed And then like Donna Summer's version For like a minute and a half is relaxed yep. And suddenly the disco just kicks in It's like yep. It's like oh yeah It's yep. good Donna Summer's great Yeah she's great Yeah And yep. uh, the final bit of trivia I have I don't know if I'm uh, speaking for both of us Yeah uh, Writer's assistant uh, I don't know who she's uh, the assistant of But she's an assistant to one of the writers I'm guessing Larry Charles mm. Her name's Karen Wilkie She can actually be seen in the audience During uh, Seinfeld's uh, stand-up comedy act at the start Oh, nice And it was funny I I noticed her before I read this this uh, piece of trivia Yeah, yeah, yeah I was watching the episode And, uh, you know, sometimes the, the camera just cuts to the audience To show them laughing and there's one quick scene, and I'm assuming it's her, because I didn't Google her, but I'm pretty sure it is, because it's the only distinguished shot of a woman in the audience of this, like, I thought, oh, wow, she's really attractive. She's really cute. Yeah. And she's kind of got, like, blonde, short-ish 
like halfway between oh, like a, like yeah, a short yeah, back yeah, and sides yeah, and her. a bob yeah. haircut. Yeah, I remember her. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, You know, and she just laughs at the joke and then it cuts back to Jerry and he finishes the set. Right. And it just, you know, occurred to me. I'm like, oh, wow, she's oh, quite cute. Yeah, and then I read this and I'm like, it's got to be her. It's got to be her. Because it's the only like distinguished, um, not distinguished, what's the word? Distinctive. Distinctive. Cut shot to a woman. So ah, there, there you go. go. Yeah. yeah. Especially in this episode. Yeah. Nice. Very they, good they ran, they ran out of extras, so they were like just all the staff, <laughs> all the non- That's how they should do it. Yeah. Yeah, just come in. That's right. Nice. Save some coin. Yeah. When we come back after this very short break, we're going to talk about the, the, I guess, the only two secondary characters, really. The only two. Ray and his partner, Rava. And the random elevator elevator people, nah. but they're not really secondaries. Nah. You're looking for a brand new podcast with some interesting guests. Well, you found it. Listen to In Melbourne last week with me, Ivan Pugioni. I talk to a different guest every week about their occupation, their hobby, their love for something, whatever it may be. Always interesting, so be sure to subscribe. I'm on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and Podbean. So be sure to get in touch and listen to some really cool people on a really cool podcast. Hello folks, Matt McCoy here, a.k.a. Lloyd Braun from Seinfeld. And I'm telling you right now, I do not want to be a secondary character. Steven, this is The Statue, Season 2, Episode 6 of Bidwabask. And my name is Ray. He's very Shakespearean. Very Shakespearean, isn't he? Yep. A Shakespearean cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> a fine ale, some tea. <laughs> very, very Shakespearean, yep. yes. Sweet elixir. Sweet elixir. That's the one. <laughs> and then Rava's like, can you do this? And, yeah. and Ray's like, oh, all right. Just completely crushes <laughs> Just his Just drops spirit. the accent. He's yeah. like, yeah, all right. Yeah. Uh, Ray's played by Michael D. Conway, known for appearing in, and I've never heard of these movies, probably B-grade, I have no idea. Known for appearing in the films Infamous, Termination, not Terminator, and <laughs> Temple Graden or Graden. Okay. Uh, none, none of those ring any bells. None. Yeah. None. Not at all. No. So, Ray goes to Columbia Grad School. I looked up what grad schools Columbia had in the early 90s. I thought maybe it was theatre, because he's obviously quite a good uh, actor. Yeah. Or he likes being theatrical. Yes. They don't have a theatrical grad school. Okay. They had law and finance. So, he's studying either one of those two. And do you think maybe theatre was kind of his hobby? Yeah. Or it's something he always wanted to be, and then he failed, or maybe... Yeah. yeah. Maybe not failure. I think he just has a passion for, for acting. Yeah. Um, you know, and maybe, you know, because he's cleaning, he's either cleaning, being miserable with Rava or having sex like animals. Like animals on the floor. On the floor. Yeah. Or studying. So I just don't think he has the time to act. So he kind of acts by himself when okay. he's around people. Yeah. He just you know, I think that's thing. his little outlet to, to, you know, scratch the acting itch. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. No, I, I picked him as like a failed theatre actor or maybe okay. someone who does like local performances of Shakespeare, you know, right. like you'll go to like a, a Actually, school that kind or of makes something, sense you know, you'll go to like a local community theatre and they'll do like a, a rendition of Romeo and Juliet or yep. Othello or, you know, something yeah. like that. Yeah. That kind of makes sense because he's a bit older than most grad school students. Yeah. You know, he looks to be late 20s, maybe 30. Yeah. Um, so maybe he tried to have a crack at theatre, failed, didn't succeed. And, uh, you know, now he's gone back to school to get like more of a traditional boring job. Maybe. You yeah. know, um, you know, yeah. and he's just cleaning to, to pay the bills until yeah. he becomes a, a 
finance or law guy. But he's a very good cleaner as well. Very yeah. highly methodical. How do you get the soap out of the dish holder or the dish rack? Yeah, yeah. the little pull-up thingy. The little pull-up he thing. windexed. He yeah. windexed the people. He windexed the people. <laughs> I like how Elaine just gets the shits because he just keeps <laughs> yeah. on going on and on and on about. Jerry keeps going on and on and on about all the cleaning that he's done. He's like, he's cleaned the gap between the fridge and the bench. Yeah. How did he do it? How did he do it? And it's like this tiny, it's like tiny, one and a half inch. super thin gap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How did he do it? He yeah. cleaned out the egg cups. Is he <laughs> Jerry's reactions are fantastic. I know. They're great. Yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah he, he obviously he's very thorough with his work. I don't yeah. think he wants to be a cleaner. I just think he's got the knack. He just... Or maybe he's just very precise with everything he does. Like, maybe he doesn't want to leave any stone unturned or any dirt lying around. Yeah. He's just very thorough. I think thorough his... I think the fact that he's quite thorough in his professional life, because that's something only he does. Rava doesn't do it. No. And, no. you know, based on the, the, the small uh, amount of scenes with him and Rava, it's quite obvious that he is under Rava's thumb. She's she's the controlling person in that relationship. So I think when he's cleaning, he's in control. So he overcompensates to make up for his lack of control in uh, in his relationship. Yeah, you know, I think it's a bit of a an overcompensation. I think if his relationship with Rava was a bit more healthy and and um, you know fair and even, I don't think he would be as thorough in his cleaning. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I don't know. Uh, he, I, I don't know what to say, but I just wanted to make mention of his fashion choices. He wears like a proper sports jacket, um, but like a like a like a jock jacket. I don't know yeah, what they call. He does called. dress a bit jockey, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. almost dresses like Jerry because mm, yeah, he wears of. like jeans shirts he wears a tie jerry rarely wears a tie unless he's you know going out for dinner or something or unless he's performing but he doesn't wear a tie just casually mm. but he actually wears the sports not like the the bla- sports blazer but like the the you know the team sports jackets i don't yeah, know what yeah, they're called. yeah i get you um yeah the blazers yeah yeah uh, I think it's also important to mention that his full name is Ramus, uh, Ramus, Ramus, Raymond, Raymond Thomas Wolchinski. Wolchinski, that's right. So Ray Polish, Thomas is his stage name. That's right. So professional name. You mean alias? That's right. So he's of Polish background, I'd imagine. Uh, yeah, like a Polish I guess so. Kind of yeah, name. yeah. Wolchinski. He's probably grew up in Greenpoint. Yeah, like the other poles. We mentioned true. in our season two episode the pony remark. That's true. In our season two as well of the yeah. bus, we mentioned Greenpoint. That's right. So, uh, yeah, the, go back and listen to it. Yeah, yeah, Little Poland, I think it was. Yeah, called. Little Poland. Well, no, Little Warsaw. Yeah, Little Warsaw. Yeah. yeah. So he might come from there. Yeah, that's, that's true. Name. He's probably got family there at least. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. I didn't think of that. Oh, Greenpoint. Yeah. Hey, Greenpoint, if you're listening. Yeah. Anyone in Greenpoint, say good day. Well, you know the awesome thing was like because we can like we can see countries that download our episodes. Hmm. I loved how we released the pony remark. And, you know, the name of the horse was the Pride of Krakow. Yeah. Literally someone the next day from Krakow, Poland, yeah. downloaded our app. I know, it was, was mental. Like, wow. That was great. Krakow. I was like, wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, hello, to cool. our, uh, hello to our Polish listeners. Yep. Yeah. Hello. Um, uh, let's do a harmony. Ready? Um... I think we have to tackle the most important point. Did he or did he not steal the statue? He did. Yeah. Like, how can there be, like, two of the same statue within two places? Yeah. You know? Like, I, I'm... Sorry, that came out wrong. It's a pretty big coincidence. Pretty big coincidence. Like, he goes there. You know, George leaves the statue. He doesn't want, doesn't want to carry it around all day. Fair enough. He'll come back and get it. You know, Ray pop, pops in, cleans. Now the statue's gone. Yeah. Come on. Can't put... Put, you know... Yeah, two, two plus two, two equals four. Yeah, definitely for this. Yep. And one plus one equals window. That's true. Yeah. I, Scientific fact. <laughs> very much so. <laughs> yes. Um, I wasn't entirely convinced one way or the other. I thought 
maybe it's a coincidence or a big coincidence <laughs> or maybe he did steal it but when I realized that he actually did steal it is just before Kramer barges in and pretends to be the cop he's holding the statue and looking at it like a trophy like you know this is something I've stolen yeah I'm, I'm yeah. happy about it you know how serial killers sort of like relive their their kills by looking at their trophies like yes. in Dexter yeah it's almost like that like he's looking at it very proudly and that's his kill yeah you know yeah. that's his that's a reminder of the thrill he got from stealing something from uh, from someone from one of his clients you know and that's when I'm like, well, that look kind of says it all. You know, he definitely did steal the steal the statue. Yeah, he did. You know, it it, it moved beyond be, a coincidence like, to, you know. He did that. steal it. Yeah. I don't know where the ambiguity lies. No. Ambiguity, no. you know, it's weird. Yeah. yeah. But they, you know, he's, he's very convincing. And maybe that's his acting coming into play. But when he meets Jerry at Monk's, ah, you, you know, he, yeah, he's very yeah, convincing. Yeah. You think, oh, hang on a minute. Like, Jerry's got it wrong. Um, you know, because he doesn't cop to any blame. And he's, you know, he's very, like, affronted that Jerry would accuse him of stealing the statue. He's like, you know, I own that. I own my money through cleaning my pot. Like, he's very, very offended that Jerry would even think that he would steal it. Yeah. But I think maybe that's his acting skills coming into play. Oh, so he acted it. Definitely. Good good performance then. Yeah. He did well. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't have anything else. Do you? No, that's it. Shall we get on to Rava? Uh yeah, actually sorry. Oh yeah, I did. I I had a thought, but not a note. Oh no, I just no. wanted to bring it that up. happens about that Ray. Happens. Yeah. yeah, I noticed his apartment was quite not cluttered, but there was a lot of st- very lot busy. Of, it, very it busy. It was very busy. Yeah, it was yeah. very noisy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of stuff. Do you reckon the stuff he stole? That's exactly what I think. <laughs> Stolen goods. Definitely. I think he takes. I think that's sort of like his thing. Like whatever you that's know, his it, calling it's card. Like, he just well, nicks yeah. something from someone's house. Yeah, you know how like cat burglars have like little calling cards or yeah. whatever. You so know, he's like a cat burglar as yeah, well, like a cleaning burglar. <laughs> Do you reckon he's a kleptomaniac? Probably. I was going to say it seems like it's more compulsive. Yeah. Than um, you know, sort of uh, strategic or like he's tr- wanting to commit a crime. And then Rava just feeds his habit by having sex on the floor with him. Definitely. I guess somehow. <laughs> somehow. I'm sure you could link those two together in some way. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, but it might be. I don't know. You know, like I said before, I think his super meticulous cleaning is a form of having some control over a life that doesn't have a lot of control in it. He probably feels frustrated as a failed actor. Yeah. Rather is quite controlling yeah. and very manipulative. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, maybe the com- the compulsion to steal is, you know, a way to sort of, you know, because a lot of people do those sort of behaviours as like a calming thing. Mm. You know, yeah, they, yeah. they feel calm or they feel in control. So maybe yeah. the cleaning in that is, uh, you know, is a reaction to the lack of control in his other, pa- yeah. you know, other parts of his life. It's definitely impulsive, I think. If, yeah. If, if you consider that those... Trinkets in his house are stolen goods, yeah. and yeah, I believe that. You know, yeah, and I think, right. and I think he puts them out in the open as well in his apartment. Like, because you know, if you go around stealing stuff, and there's a chance that those people would come to your house, you wouldn't just put them out in the open; you would put them away somewhere. Mm. I think he puts them around himself as like a, you know, it's like to create like a bit of a zen. Yeah, because obviously most of the customers won't turn up to his apartment. Yeah, yeah. you know, so you know, because he feels he feels okay, like he feels better when he steals something. One thing from each house, say. And they're all around him. It's sort of like a reminder of the times that he's in control of his life. But do you think he got sloppy by stealing the statue, knowing uh, that Jerry would turn up, or Elaine? Yeah, I guess so. He, he didn't have a lot. Sloppy. He didn't have a lot of foresight in that one. Yeah, yeah. Because he knew that. I don't think any of his clients have a relationship with Rava because no. Elaine is editing Rava's book. Yeah. So I think he didn't think that one through. He think, oh, hang on, Elaine might come over. I pr- 
you know he just didn't think he just became yeah his kleptomania just became too much yeah he's like oh, i'm just doing it out of impulse i'm yeah. not even thinking like he probably he was probably very methodical at the start definitely but then he was just like yeah he got away with it so many times he sort of just didn't think about I'll it i'll never as much. get caught yeah. yeah yeah and he is a bit surprised when uh when when elaine and jerry they're talking to rava and uh, he comes home from, I, I think he's at school, and he comes home and he's a bit like, oh, hey, like, mm. you know, didn't expect, if he, I think if he knew that they were coming over, he definitely would have hidden the statue. Yeah. You know. And I love, I love right at the end when Kramer pats George on the back and he drops the statue. Yeah. Like, it's only half a second and it cuts to Jerry's stand up. Yeah. Yeah. So you only see like half a second. Yeah. Can you imagine what George's reaction would have been? Definitely. Like, Rah. He would have been devastated. Devastated. Yeah. Yep. But you only see like as soon as it Kramer. hits, as soon as it, yeah, yeah, as soon as it hits the ground, it's like half a second. That's yep. all you see yep. of the reaction, and then he goes to Jerry. It's, it's good. Like, it's good. Yeah, that's yeah, a nice little like cliffhanger. It's Not like cliffhanger, big, but yeah, because the characters get their comeuppance all the time. It's a yep. big fuck you yep. to the characters, definitely yeah. to, to George at least. Yeah, yeah. cool. Uh, yeah, let's talk about Rava. Played by Nurit Koppel. I didn't know if she was actually Finnish or she is. Oh, she's, she's a Finnish actress. Oh, okay, great. Uh, known for appearing in again, I think these must be other B grade movies. I, I've never heard of these in my life. She's been in Defending Your Life. That's not a like a Tim Robin Tony Robbins you okay. know, self-help thing. Defending your life, reclaiming your life. Yeah, Anthony Robbins, uh, Hunter and Ratchet. Okay, yeah, hmm. cool. Hunter reminds me. Do you remember that that um, like eighties kids show from from the eighties? Hunter with that like puppet cat. No, no, no. Okay, I'll show it to you after recording. All right, nice. Right, uh, yeah. Well, like uh, like the actress Nurit, Rava is from Finland, and you love Rava. I do. She's yeah. fucking great. Yeah. I mean, she's terrible. She's terrible a, person. She's a terrible yeah. person, but I like her as a character. What was her manuscript about? Uh, they don't really talk about her. Like they say that she's very talented, but they don't really talk about her her book, like what it's actually about. Do you reckon she was like Alton Bennis, you know, yeah. political crime thrillers? Or yeah, something? I don't think it would have been light reading. Mm-hmm. I think I think her writing would have reflected her character. She's quite intense. She seems quite nihilist as well. Yeah, you know, just very like, oh fuck it. Yeah, she's you very know. dark, very dark, very you know, like macabre, oh, macabre, yeah. maladjusted. Yeah, Could yeah, be like a, like a dark gothic. Yeah, horror or something, maybe yeah. something. Yeah, very gloomy. Yeah, you know. Have you seen? Have you read uh, or seen the unbearable lightness of being? No, it's a book. It's sort of considered existentialism, but in book form, right? And it's about this sort of like upper middle class. I think it's Danish or Swedish. Yeah, he's a he's a doctor, you know, and he's got money and women, you know, lust after him. He's kind of got what everyone would perceive to be the good life. Yeah. Um, but he's empty. He's like this. It's all just meaningless. He has meaningless sex. Goes to meaningless parties. Sure. And the book is about the, you know, it's in the title like the unbearable lightness of being. Like he has all of the the things that most people strive for in life, but it means nothing. There's no there's no depth or or beauty or anything worthwhile in his life. Right. Gotcha. So I think her writing may have been along that style, like quite, you know, a bit ironic, but yeah, mostly dark and yeah, you know, yeah, life is sort so of too. meaningless to Very reflect dark. her personality. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And especially she talks about her upbringing in Finland. Yeah, she know. hates. I think I think a lot of her problems could be linked back to her mother. Yeah, you know. Hope she's what is it? Hope she's dying in an alley somewhere. Yeah, that's right. You know, and then Jerry's like, "So you write kids' books?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jerry has to lighten the mood with one so of his quips. Kids books. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, then yeah. the look on her face is just like, mm. "Yeah, that's right." <laughs> yeah, uh, I think she is. I mean, nothing in the episode suggests this, but just you know, based on her personality, I think she's very, very protective and. Uh, you know, um, controlling of her work. Yeah. You know, she has a very specific vision 
and she would only have people involved like publishers and editors who she is happy about i don't think she would be like yeah cool like i'll just publish i just want to get my book out there if uh, if she wasn't happy with the publisher she wouldn't publish with them you know what i mean gotcha yeah yeah um you know and because she's quite controlling of ray i think she's quite controlling of her work she sees her work as her maybe her child or something um you know and i think it took her a while to find someone like elaine who you know they're on the same page about what they're interested in or they both like same sort of writing whatever yeah um yeah so uh she's quite um even though she's quite a hard ass she's also quite passionate as well oh she is i don't think she does things in you know, I think when she does something, it's all or nothing. Yeah, no half measures. No, yeah. she doesn't just yeah. have like a, you know, a cheeky quickie with Ray. It's making love like animals, like animals on the on floor. The floor. You yeah. Know? yeah. Ray is insatiable. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I think, I mean, again, they don't really talk about her writing much like Alton. You know, you've just got to speculate what it would be about. I think she would be a very gifted and talented writer. You know, there's that cliche of like, good writers being sort of dark and disturbed and yeah. you know maladjusted i think she fits that sort of um that idea pretty well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know um yeah do you have anything else about it no that was it really yeah she's definitely very brooding dark yeah kind of character yeah but i re- you know going back to janet leaves i reckon she would have been a good a good rava okay you, you think so um i mean it would have been a very different character because Jar- uh, um uh janet leaves Oh, yeah, Jane, Jane, Jane leaves. leaves. Jane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Janet. Jane. <laughs> Janet. I'm like, Jane. what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, she. You know, she's quite. Um, like, she does have her moments as Daphne and Fraser that comes to mind because that's probably a most well-known role. Yeah. She does have moments where she's sort of assertive and you know got a harder personality, but she's quite genteel and and polite and Overall, pleasant. Yeah, yeah. And so this this actress is is better. I think so. If, yeah. if that's what they were going for, if they were going for a very like hard, cold, dark sort of woman, perfectly casted. Cool. Um, you know, she's. I mean, you know, Jane plays a soft, virginal person a bit better than than um, than uh, Nurit yeah. would, I yeah. think. So, yeah, I think they were both casted well. They made the right decision. Yeah, good work, definitely. Nice. That's all the secondaries for the episode. Yeah, I know all two of them. Huh? All two of them. When we come back, we're gonna for our last break of the season three. We're gonna wrap up the season with some. Uh, do you have any Seinfeldisms? This Not week? this week. No, no, me either. Well, I uh, mentioned one nice Seinfeld trivia fact, and uh, we'll find out where the statue sits in our favourite episodes of all time. And did Ray or Rava and or Rava make our top 20 secondaries of all time? Well, just give it back and... I I won't say anything. Give it back. Yeah. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I'm talking about the statue. Yeah, me too. Give it back to whom? Me. (laughs) You. Yeah, me. I'm not getting this. You already got it. (laughs) Ray, I had a statue in my house. (laughs) You were in my house... And then I saw it in your house. What are you saying? What am I saying? Take a wild guess. <laughs> are you saying I stole your statue? What am I? Yeah, man. That's season two, episode six, the statue that we spoke about in the Bidwa Basket season finale for season three. Boy, it's coming to an end. I know. Oh, we'll but it back. will soon come to a start again. Yeah. At the start of June, we'll be back for season four. We, w- we are taking about three or four weeks off. Indeed, yes. So enjoy uh, you know, this episode and previous ones and uh, the two clip shows we're going to put up as well over the next few weeks. That's right. That'll be fun. Have you got any Seinfeldisms to to uh, wrap up this <sighs> season of Bibble Bust? Unfortunately, no. You? Same. Oh, man. How sucks. disappointing. I know. Let's Sorry. just make one up. Sorry, listeners. Uh, yep. Yeah. I yep. uh, Over the four-week break, we're having a contest. <laughs> and we'll talk about it 
at the start of season four. I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> We're done. I win. Done. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Um, but we'll be going down in a plane crash and then I'll admit that I was cheating. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't actually win. Yeah. <laughs> or you'll say to me, Ivan, I've always loved... What are you trying to say? I always loved United Airlines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. Yeah. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be so flattered <laughs> so out of uh, 47 episodes we've reviewed 40 nearly 50 episodes we've done uh, uh, like 50 reviewed episodes steve mm. unbelievable out of 47 where does the statue sit in your top 47 number 11 oh i knew it'd be that high yeah huh, nice. i do like the older episodes yeah you sure do yeah got, i think season two or three is probably my favorite so far so far yeah yeah but but um most of the episodes in my top 10 um appear in my and if you want to hear my top 10 i believe the last time i went through it was uh two weeks ago when we talked about putty with stacy oh yes yep so if you go back and listen to that episode you'll hear my top 10 mine too yeah great did uh where did this episode appear in your list out of 47 42 Ooh. yeah look i mean rava was good ray was all right I don't know, just the episode for me didn't have legs. Okay. Like, yeah, it's very early, like an early episode. And, and, you know, I appreciate the metamorphosis of Kramer, you know, it added a new dimension to his character. But I don't know, just not, like there were a few laughs here and there, but, you know, very, very classic Seinfeld. Like a lot of the classic Seinfeld ones are good. Like this is the same season where the Chinese restaurant's in it. Yeah. That is amazingly good. Yeah. But I don't know, just the statue for me is very forgetful. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't know. Just, That's all right. Yeah. So kind 42 of like the same thing. Yeah, so 42 out of 47. Fair enough. Yeah. And it's not like I hate season one or two episodes. Mm. Like, I love most of them. It's just, They're just not they? as strong. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's some good... Like, the pony remarks in my top 10. Yeah. You know, the Chinese restaurant, once we do it, I'd imagine will be my top 10 or close. Yeah. No, there's a few good season two ones, but no, just... I don't know. Just yeah. the statue fell a bit flat for me. Fair enough. Yeah. Rather was great. Yeah. Yeah, but that was it. Fair enough. Yeah. Any uh, secondary characters make it to 20? Uh, yes. Rava? In the 10. What number? Uh, number 10. All right. Cool. Rava comes in at number 10. Nice debut. Love some Rava. And if you yeah. want to hear the uh, remaining nine characters, again, go back and listen to episode uh, 55 two weeks ago. Uh, what's the deal with Putty that we did with our good uh, friend and uh, regular, semi-regular guest of the pod, Stacey. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. What about you? Um, no, no. No. Ray and Rava didn't make my list, no. unfortunately. <laughs> you sounded so like, like no, no, <laughs> nah, no, no. No, no, no freaking way. Fuck no. Fuck no. Fuck no. So I can see you've uh, got the uh, Seinfeld uh, Seinfeldia calendar there. Yeah, that's correct. So mm-hmm. we are recording. Uh, well, well, we'll peel back the curtain a bit, shall we? The Bidwabas curtain. Yeah. Reveal the inner workings. We are banking a few episodes. Uh, only two. Only two. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, a couple of weeks before. Normally we record the week that we publish a couple of days before. Um, but this is actually uh, late April we're recording. So... Uh, if the Seinfeld news seemed a bit out of date, that's why. Um, so, yeah, I thought we'd just you know, reveal the inner workings of Bidwell Bask. So, instead of uh, uh, Ivan talking about a date, uh, a, a fact the date on that the we're date. recording, yeah, we'll just do a random one. Yeah. So, here's a random one. While shooting the Seinfeld finale, a security guard was stationed on the set around the clock because random items were starting to disappear. Oh, wow. Maybe Ray was on set. Lawrence Tierney. <laughs> or, or, yeah, if there were knives. Ray. Wow. There you go. So shit was getting nicked. Huh. Yeah. Right. That's that's a really good fact for this episode. Isn't that amazing? I, that's I just perfect. pulled it out of nowhere. Just I just I was like, oh, what's this one? It's amazing. Yeah, Ray. I reckon Ray was there. You just... know what I reckon the ultimate piece of uh, Seinfeld paraphernalia would be? What? That statue. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Surely it wouldn't have been made for the episode. No. I'm sure no. it would have been made like, you know, 
like a you know a production. I, I gotta find out where that statue. Do you reckon so? It's not on the on the market, or it wasn't on the market. The statue. I don't know. Oh, okay. Who knows? Who knows? I'm sure, well, I'm sure I'll Google it and try and find it. Yeah, I'm sure it's real. Yeah, I'm sure it's been around. Uh, well, that's it for uh, another season, another yes. episode, and another season. But I don't want to be a secondary character. So yes. thank you so much for uh, tuning in and getting in touch with us and listening and and spreading the word and whatever you've done to support <laughs> us for this season. Yes, uh, thank you so much for your support. It's been great. Yeah, it's been really cool. Yeah. So this season has by far been our strongest in terms of. Uh, I, well, we've been the happiest with it. Yeah. And, um, yeah. You know, it's just been really just. You know, we we feel like we've really stepped into our own, and we feel better about each episode as we go along. And uh, we will continue, you know, doing the best we can and giving you the best uh, Seinfeld analysis of secondary characters uh, for season four in a few weeks. We sure will, and we've got plenty of good things coming in season four. Yeah, so some pretty cool announcements to to start off with uh, for season four. So we look forward to to revealing them. Yeah, it shall be great. And if you want to listen to this episode, or well, I should say previous episodes rather, uh, you can go on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Basically anywhere else, really. Anywhere. Where we are, yeah, it's great. That's right. Excellent. And we have an email address if you want to drop us a line, biblebasspodcast at gmail.com. And we have a website, biblebass.com. And uh, Stephen, what are our social media handles? Uh, at biblebask. So we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and that's it. Yeah, that's it's a new social that's uh, it. social media platform. Yeah, that's it. It is. Yeah. Yep. We're on. That's it. Yeah, we're on. That's it. <laughs> and that's it yeah. for another season. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. I set that up perfectly. Indeed. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And we'll see you in a few weeks' time for season four. Bye. Ciao.